Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. Jump inside this podcast and I'm going to teach you how to read your own blood work so you can find the answers to your health concerns. Yes, those normal labs that your doctor keeps saying, oh, they look great. We'll see you again in six months. They really have answers in them if you know how to read it correctly. So come join me along this journey, leave a review and share with your friends. Let's dive in. Tell me if you've ever looked at labs before. Have you ever looked at labs before? Just say yes or no. Just tell me where we're at with blood work. We got a bunch of yeses. We got lots of yeses. Nice. Change the way I understand and interpret labs for clients. Sweet. Okay. We have a lot of people who are very good at labs already. This CBC is going to be something that you probably haven't seen before unless you've been on with me before or listened to my podcast or I like to preach this stuff. But we're going to go over the entire CBC today. Okay. I'm going to share my screen with you. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, grab a notepad. On the very top of the CBC, you're going to see this number or this marker, I should say, the white blood cell count, right? That white blood cell count is typically going to be normal. We want it to be normal. We don't want it to be abnormal. That's going to signal something else where your primary care physician should be flagged on it. But typically, they're not going to be caring about it unless it's like cancer. So we really care about this marker. This marker tells us that our patients or our clients are finding some type of infection. And as that infection comes and goes, their symptoms are going to come and go. And your patients talk about flares. When you hear about flares on autoimmune diseases on commercials, this is what we're talking about, okay? So based upon the normal lab range, we're going to say we hate those normal lab ranges because they don't give us anything. We want to use the functional lab range. And this functional lab range for the white blood cell count is five to eight, okay? Now this lab range, I did not come up with. Dr. Datis Karazian, who has 9 trillion letters next to his name and did all the research with him and his team about 25, 30 years ago. And those are the range, that's the range that he came up with. Now, I will tell you that this is, based off of my thousands of labs that I've seen, is not perfect. Okay? You're going to see a white blood cell count of 5.8, 7.2, even right dead center at 6.5 or 7. You always, always, always want to go down to the lower part of the CBC and look at the differential markers, okay? That differential portion is where the gold sits. This is where the fun part begins. So we're going to skip all the red blood cell markers. We'll go back to it in a minute. Well, in several minutes, actually. You're going to look for the marker neutrophils. That marker can also be written as granulocytes. It's the same thing. But most of the time, you're going to see neutrophils, okay? Now, you want to see the percentages. Neutrophils, the magic number is 60%. If you see the neutrophil count less than 60%, that's probably a good thing. If it's greater than 60%, there's a bacterial infection going on. Now, this is a type of infection that can lead to SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. You now don't need to use a breath test to figure this out. You can use the blood work that they already have, and you can say, oh, your neutrophil counts at 68%. Um, your gut is a, dis is a mess. You've got diarrhea or you're fighting constipation or both. You have joint pain out the wazoo. It's very, very popular for me to see people who struggle with joint pain have bacterial infections. 
Those are the two most popular times you're going to see it. One, their gut's a mess. Two, they have chronic joint pain. Your chiropractor is in the in this on this call, and you're constantly worrying about pain and having to manage people's pain. Well, grab their blood work too because it's loaded with gold. All right, like I said, if you have any questions, either remember them and wait till the question mark, or write them down in the chat box, and I'll get back to it. We're just gonna teach through this process about 30 minutes here okay here's the bummer part about the neutrophils the and the rest of the differential portion there's no way to determine fungal infections fungal infections are separate however if you have a bacterial infection i always treat fungal at the same time a good example of this in the clinic would be utis People with reoccurring UTIs who get antibiotics and they, you know, they take the UTI away temporarily, but they're constantly coming back. Well, that's because we took care of this. We didn't do anything about this guy. So bacterial and fungal, treat them together. And that's if the neutrophil count is 60%. Give me a thumbs up if you guys got that. 60%. Higher bacterial and fungal infection. Okay. Then the very next marker inside the CBC with differential is the lymphocytes. Now, lymphocytes, their primary job is to fight viruses. And the magic number is 30%. So if you see a lymphocyte marker above 30%, your client or patient is fighting a low-grade virus. Okay, now let me caveat these two. I can't tell you what type of infection it is besides viral, fungal, bacterial, and then a second parasitic. So if you're thinking, oh, is it H. pylori? Is it Campylobacter? Is it C. diff? I don't know. And I don't really care because the treatment's not going to be any different unless it's severe enough that those tests come up positive. So say your client, your patient goes into their primary care doc. They're, they've been having crazy bowel movements for like the last 10 days. They take a EC diff test and it's positive. That's going to need higher treatment than um, supplements can take care of. So make sure they get those things taken care of the correct way. This is your low-grade chronic IBS, IBD, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis. Um, my gut's a mess, but nobody knows why. Fibromyalgia, autoimmune diseases, chronic joint pain. The list goes on and on. This is what you're going to see in those type of scenarios. So if the lymphocyte marker is above 30%, we're looking at a virus. Again, I can't tell you what kind or what type or the name of the virus, nor do I care because I'm going to give it an antiviral as far as treatment is concerned. You're going to see this a lot with people who had mono. So say someone got diagnosed with mono in high school and now they're a 38-year-old mom. They've got three kids and their body just isn't the same after these three kids. They're so tired all the time and the Doctor just keeps blaming it on the kids and that I need to sleep more, right? You've heard the story. This would be where your lymphocyte count is going to be around 30, like 35 or higher. Neutrophils lymphocytes. Those are like my two favorite markers because there's this beautiful pattern <laughs> that you want to know. So right here, the 60-30 is a two-to-one ratio, correct? We've got 60%, we have a 30%, it's a two-to-one ratio. What if, you're going to see this a lot, and it's beautiful when you do, because that means you got lots and lots of answers right here inside their regular good old CBC. Say the neutrophil count is at 48%, and the lymphocyte count is at 42%. Now we're looking at a one-to-one -one ratio, and that's the beautiful autoimmune. 
layer. So the closer the numbers are when they, when they meet in the middle, just these two markers, autoimmune. And now you know what to do as far as treatment is concerned. You got to give the immune system what it needs, remove the trigger. And in this case, the trigger would be this elevated lymphocyte marker, which would be the virus. Then reboot the gut. The gut is the immune system. Now, when I see any type of autoimmune where this ratio is occurring, I'm going to do all three of these. Very rarely will you only tackle one infection. Infections love to coexist. So I'm going to tackle the bacterial, the fungal, and the viral count if I see the neutrophil lymphocytes meeting in the middle, leading to an autoimmune condition. Whether they have a diagnosis or not, it doesn't matter. Okay. That ratio is the most important pattern you need to know. So treat all three, even if the numbers don't show, for example, a high bacterial infection. Yes, Val, treat all three because Here's what you're going to see. Because this guy is so high, something has to be depressed. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But they can disguise the numbers. They can disguise the bacterial and fungal infections because it's autoimmune. So treat all three. Your patients will love you. as you'll finally solve all their issues. Okay, we got it. All right, good. I get this question a lot. What about a three to one ratio? Doesn't matter. You only care about the two to one ratio. Okay, we've done the neutrophils, we've done the lymphocytes. Those are the most, I would say, the most important two. Then the next one that you're going to see inside the differential are the monocytes. The magic number for monocytes is 7%. If you see monocytes above 7%, you're going to look at a, at a virus. Okay, if you look in the chat box, Cynthia just brought up a very good point. I am looking right now at an almost perfect two-to-one ratio, but she's been diagnosed with and has many symptoms of autoimmune. So how does that happen? It happens because at the time she took that blood work where it's 58.8 and 30.8, it was a good day for her. Meaning, you know, she wasn't in that moment of flare. She was able to do her thing during the day, pick up the kids and still make dinner and still read the kids' stories at night and not have, have to take a nap or whatever the story is, okay? Maybe she was able to go for a hike and not have the arthritis flare up. However, if you were to look at a lab that she took to two and a half years ago, you might see things that are different. So here's another clinical pearl. When people ask you, and you're going to get asked like this all lot, how many labs do you want? When do you want the labs? Well, I don't have recent labs. I don't care. As long as you have labs for when you were sick, that's what we want. Okay, so if you can get labs from five years back, from seven years back, the more labs, the merrier. Because there's going to be times where you see the beautiful numbers and there's going to be times on the same patient where you're like, holy smokes, you had a bad week that week. <laughs> I bet you felt like crap during this loud test. Like, How do you know? It's the numbers. Fun. Yeah, Lucia. When it's, it's like when you go to the doctor for pain and when you're there, it's gone. Yeah. My world is lung stuff. Like I cough, 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 but it's air. My upper breathing, so... Okay, so that's the story, Cynthia. It would be on the day that she took that lab test, she was feeling pretty good. Whereas if she took a lab, the same lab test when she was feeling like crap, it would have been a different story. Labs I'm looking at have differential, but no neutrophils. Oh, that's so dumb. Okay, Bela, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. And you'll be able to figure out those neutrophils with this next, with this segment. Okay. Monocyte, 7% or higher virus. 
This is the only time where you can say, oh, it might be a, this specific virus. If you're looking at, I won't even say 10 anymore. Let's do 11. If you're saying, seeing an 11% or higher monocyte count, there's a high possibility that you would have a positive Epstein-Barr virus test or mono. I've shared this story a couple of times, but I had I was working with a mom. Um, she had MS and she's doing incredible right now. I, like two years later after doing this exact thing that I taught you guys, I am teaching you guys. I read her blood work. We figured out what was triggering her MS. We, figured, we removed it. In her case, it was parasites and viruses. And bam, she's doing a lot better, a million times better. She kept telling me that her son was falling asleep. And she's like, he's 17 years old. He's a great student, but he keeps falling asleep in class. I wake him up in the morning. He'll fall asleep on the couch before we go to school. And I said, do you have blood work on him recently? Like when he started, after he started doing this? And she's like, yeah, I just got some of the doctors. Gave it to me. His monocyte count was at 14.5%. I was like, bingo. I love it when I see those because it's like answers right there. So I jokingly said to her, well, if you were to go ask your doctor to run uh, Epstein-Barr virus on, on your son, it would probably come back positive. So she did. And sure enough, it came back positive. So that's kind of fun. It's about the only infection you can really nail down. Um, but again, you've all experienced where a patient gets diagnosed with mono and the doctor's like, oh, well, good luck. We'll sleep it off for the next three months. You know, give them an antiviral support. And I always, always, always jack up that vitamin D. Okay. Monocytes, 7%. That's the magic number. Then we have the two fun markers that are revolve around parasites. Okay, so we have the eosinophils. And you all might be thinking, what? Eosinophils, that deals with food allergies. And you're right, it does. So the first notion would be food allergies. The second possibility would be parasites. And the magic number for this one for me, is 3%. Here's how I differentiate between the two of them. Most of the time, by the time people get to you in this functional medicine world we live in, they've already done all of the food elimination diets. They've tried keto. They've tried AI. They've tried this. They've tried that. They're eating like chicken and rice and barely surviving. That's when I just say, okay, we're crossing out that. You've tried all those things. So we're going to tackle these. And there's a whole bunch of different routes to tackle those. It's up to you, but my preference would be cell core. Okay, that's the eosinophil count. Then the last one here would be the basophils. And that one is at 1%. Okay, it's above 1%. I would tackle the parasites. How much vitamin D do you like to give with mono? How do I like to do my three-month protocol? where it's 25,000 IUs per day. I know you're, you guys are like, whoa, that's a high number. You've ever not heard me say that before. Um, 25,000 IUs of vitamin D per day for a month. And then month two is 20,000. Then month three is 15,000. And then I have them maintain at 10,000 after that. Um, his mom, so the, the patient with MS I was just describing to you guys, she has really bad flares if she goes underneath 10,000 IUs a day, per day. She's like my most religious per purchaser of vitamin D. She does not want those flares. So, okay, we're getting it. What if eosinophils are low? doesn't matter. And I'll explain to you why in just a minute. Okay, the differential portion. This is why I say the, this is why I say the CBC is the lab test worth the price of gold because you get all this information from it. All right, we did. Recap. Neutrophils, magic number is 60. Lymphocytes, the magic number is 30. Monocytes, 7. Eosinophils, 3. Basophils, 1. If you were to add all that up, it's not going to be perfect because of the decimal points, but it is always going to come out to be 100%. So back to the question with, I have a differential that's missing neutrophil count. 
add up the rest of the differential markers you have, subtract it from 100, and that will give you your neutrophil count. On rare occasion, you'll see pieces of a differential. I don't know why some labs do that or why even an ordering physician would do that, but hey, they do. Come back to this. So like you'll see most often if it's just a piece, it's going to be those three markers. You can add them up and determine would one of these be off based on what the addition is for the top three. Okay. Leads to the next clinical pearl. What if one of the numbers are really low? So say lymphocytes are down here at 18%. And the monocytes are 13%. And the neutrophil count is 74%. don't even know if my math is right, but let's see. 74 plus 18 plus 13, I don't know five, it doesn't even work. Um, whatever, let's take this down to 13%. Can't be. There we go. 74 plus 13 plus 13 equals 100%, which means the eosinophils would be zero and the basophils would be zero in this made up scenario I'm creating. So I'm not going to worry about this 13%. And the reason why is because when you have multiple numbers or even just one number that's super high, it has to balance out. It always has to add up to 100%. So I'm going to focus on the two high numbers, which is the viral and the bacterial. Clinically, I will always, almost always, treat the bacterial, fungal, and viral all together. The only time I'm not going to do those three is if one of these two are off, then I'm just going to treat parasites. And the way I, I like to treat it is either with cell core or with systemic formulas. And the reason why I go with those two is because I know that if I tackle parasites in, with those two supplement companies, one or the other, I don't need to do this because of what that does. So what I'm, what I'm saying is you're either going to do neutrophils and the lymphocytes or the parasites. You're going to either do bacterial and fungal or parasites, but not both. The parasites should take care of the others. So treat the parasites and the others will take care of themselves. If the parasite num markers are off, yes. Do parasites first. Only if the parasite marker is off. So I'm either going to do neutrophils and lymphocytes, or I'm going to do eosinophils and basophils. But it, you, the body doesn't need both. Okay. Um, Teresa, that's a great, great thing to bring up. Mold can elevate eosinophils and basophils, possibly. Um, I don't know if there's ever any research specifically on the direct correlation, but you've got experience. We all have experience. If you see mold possibility, definitely incorporate it, especially when you hear the people who, are, who have done just about everything with physical treatment and they haven't gotten anywhere. You guys know the story. Look into the environment. So with a 1.2 and 0.8, then parasites, no. Only if parasites are above 3% or basophils are above 1%. 1 1.2 and 8, 0.8 would be just fine. We're going to now talk about the red blood cell counts and everything down here. And we're going to keep this simple. Okay. Now these ranges right here, again, are Dr. Dati's carousing ranges. They are different than the normal lab ranges. And as you can see, they differentiate between female and males. And these are typically adults. Um, if they're like a, not like a 12 or 13 year old teenager, but one who has a body size, it's like not tiny kid anymore, but grown adultish, you can use these ranges for them. I don't know about the kids and those, those young teenagers. So do your best. Okay. As a standard, 
if the red blood cell count and any one of these other markers are low, you're going to think iron. If they're high, you're going to think B vitamins. But there's a catch. Again, I've seen thousands and thousands of these things. And I have gone to battle with, not literally, but mentally in my mind. When physicians tell me, well, there was no need to take an iron panel because the CBC didn't have any signs for it. The CBC is not perfect. The red blood cell markers and all these ones that identify with red blood cells, it's not perfect. I would almost always recommend getting an iron panel anyways. So any marker that's low, you're going to think, okay, they're low in iron. The more markers that are low, the worse the iron problem is. Now, if any of these markers from the red blood cell count all the way down to the MCHC, if any of them are elevated, you're going to think B vitamins. But more importantly to me, I want to be more concerned about the methylation of those B vitamins. Now, I'm going to tell you exactly how I explain this to patients because we don't want to use the term methylation. That's over their head. You know when you eat B vitamins, the form that the B vitamins are in is not the same form that your body uses them. It has to go through this process to go from edible to usable. And as it goes through that process, we call it methylation. And say your number right here, your hemoglobin is 14.9. What that number tells me is that your body has B vitamins, but it's just not able to use them very efficiently. And then I always caveat it with this. The reason why you care, you want to know, you want to tell them that there's more to it than biochemistry. The reason why you care is because your body requires B vitamins to take your food and convert it into energy. Do you want more energy? Bam. And the supplement I use for that is a supplement from Systemic Formulas called Moore's. I don't really do the whole methylated B vitamins because I would rather their body use the B vitamins that they're already consuming, the natural ones that are in the food, I'm just going to give the body the ingredients it needs to do this process. And that would be Morris. Okay. Here, this, I mean, this is the boring part, which is why we did the differential part at the beginning. The trick here is that as you start to see lots and lots of these CBCs, you're going to see a variety of both in the same blood test. You're going to see a red blood cell marker that's down here at 3.2, And the next one, the the hemoglobin's at 14.9, the hematocrit's right there at 42, MCV's at 86, MCH is 33.3, and MCHC is 31.2, just to throw throw out a bunch of numbers. You're going to see both lows and you're going to see both highs in the exact same blood test. Treat both. Make sure they get more iron in their diet help their body use B vitamins more efficiently with the Moors. Okay. Um, RDW and platelets we're not going to address simply because, especially with platelets, they need to be underneath the primary care's physicians. Watch with that. Typically, they're not going to do anything about it, but just make sure that they have that physician oversight. I will tell you, I've seen both lows and highs with platelet counts. And as you go through that healing journey, as you tackle the infections, as you rehab the gut, as you balance out their hormones, as you do all the things, that naturally takes care of itself. But I don't address it specifically. 
It's just part of that going from unhealthy to healthy. Things like that go away. Okay. Okay, we forgot about a very big, important thing. So let's go back to my whiteboard. On occasion, especially if you're dealing with labs from Canada. I don't know why Canadians are different labs, but they just seem to always have the absolute values versus the percentage. And by the way, speaking of international boundaries, I've seen blood work from just about every continent, except Antarctica, of course. Uh, I don't, yeah, I've seen some from Africa too. That's, it's all the same. You're all going to see very similar lab results. If it's weird, if it's a weird number, go off of that specific lab, normal range. Sometimes they'll throw out a weird absolute number that's like, where did that come from? Just utilize that, that specific lab's normal range. Okay. If there is no percentage, that you're looking at a CBC differential and there is no percentage markers, there are absolute values instead. Here's how you get the absolute value into the percentage so you can do the math. Now, say the neutrophil count is at 2.2 and the white blood cell count is at 4.7. You're going to take whatever this marker is and divide it by the white blood cell count of that exact same lab Times it by 100 and that will give you a percentage. 47%. So chances are if that's a 47% number, it's going to be an AI scenario. Thanks, Therese. That will come in handy when you get those dang absolute values and you have to do the math. And you'll do that for all of the markers, the neutrophils, the lymphocytes, monocytes, the eosinophils, and the basophils. You'll make that conversion for all of them. All, always using the white blood cell count of the exact same lab. So Moore's helps methylation. Yes, Lucia. It does. It's my go-to for methylation, MTHFR, all the things. Um... Low could mean needing iron or is there a lead toxicity present? Val, with iron is complicated. I treat with iron first. If the numbers don't change, then look into something deeper. And when, when I say if the CBC is indicating iron, get that iron panel. Most, most physicians now are ordering iron panels, thank goodness. So most of the time you're going to see an iron panel, especially if you're gathering data from multiple labs from multiple years, there will probably be an iron panel mixed within it. But get the iron panel, treat the iron first, and then if you need to dive into more, you can. Uh, when I have that conversation with patients about iron, I always ask them, what is their history? So if you're seeing like a low iron status, you can talk to them and say, hey, have you ever, has anybody ever talked to you about um, increasing your iron? Have you tried any dietary supplements? Has, has a doctor recommended any IV therapy? Nope, have I never heard about it? Okay, great. So then you just start treating it. Or if they have tried it and nothing changed, then you know I need to pursue the deeper stuff. That's how the conversation would go. So the 47% is the neutrophil percentage, correct. Take the absolute value. Divide it by the white blood cell count, times it by 100, and you're going to get the percentage. Okay. All right. I think we did it. I think we covered all the things. Wasn't that stupid simple? Right? Stupid simple. There are people out there in this world who need this information. It is not mine to share and mine to share only. It is now your turn to go out and share with your audience the blood work that they have has answers in it, okay? Now, when it comes to service, I say service because it's serving cells is service. As soon as you make that flip in your head, like, oh, I'm just serving someone. And then you think, wait, I have a responsibility to share my knowledge 
with the world because it needs it. That's just powerful, okay? So here's the deal. I taught you how to read the CBC. I want you all to start posting the living daylights on social media, what the numbers you just saw were. And it's gonna look like something like this, okay? Make it simple, whether you're doing reels or whether you're doing graphics, it doesn't matter. You ask a question like this. You do this on TikTok, I guarantee your TikTok will go viral. Guarantee it. Is your body, are you, should say that, are you fighting an infection that's stopping you from healing? Grab your blood work and know right now. Look for the marker WBC. If it's less than five or greater than eight, there's a reason why your health is still a mess. Boom. There's a 30-second reel right there. You can take the same thing and turn it into a visual graphic for your Instagram and Facebook if you'd like or LinkedIn, okay? Laura, I want to go back and look at my family's values now. I'm tired of the saying that's not normal. It's really not. Yes. So blast it out on social media. I want to see it. I want to see you guys changing the world. I'm only one person. When there's a lot of us, we can go out and change the world, okay? Now, you just experienced, can you repeat it or write it in the chat, please? I'll repeat it. Here we go, Patty. Okay. Start off when you're writing your social media posts or doing a reel, you're going to make the very first sentence the hook. So in this example I just gave, you're going to hook and grab their attention by asking, are you fighting an infection? And then say, grab your blood work and find out right now. Look for the marker WBC. If it's less than five or greater than eight, you know why you still feel like crap. And then you can say, message me to learn more. Or when you do that on TikTok, done it many times. People will comment like, hey, my white, my white blood cell counts at 3.8. My white blood cell counts at 7.2. And it just goes off like wildfire. So that's an example of a social media post, a reel that you can take to do, to do this. You can do this one too. Calling all fibromyalgia sufferers. Is your joint pain being caused by a bacterial infection? Grab your blood work and find out right now. There's a marker, neutrophils. Look for that word in your blood. You don't have to tell them what it is. Just say, look for the word. If it's above 60%, your body's fighting a bacterial infection that's causing symptoms of fibromyalgia. You've got 10 patients in your door just from that one post. Now, you know the CBC, but there's more blood work out there. There's the thyroid panel, the lipid panel, the metabolic panel, the iron panel. Now remember, we have responsibilities to go out there and change the world, especially what has happened the last two and a half years. The doors are wide open. Also, with this blood work, guys, this blood work is the foundation for not only your one-on-one -on -one consultations, but you can maximize your group programs by teaching people how to read their own blood work. Say you have a four-week workshop where you go live on Facebook group one hour a week for four weeks. You get 40 people in on your $500 workshop ticket where you teach them the CBC one week. You teach them the metabolic panel the next week. You teach them the lipid panel the next week. And you teach them the thyroid panel, the iron panel, or whatever it is you want to teach. You can teach that inside your group programs. $500, 20 people in there. That's $10,000 for four hours of your time. $10,000 for four hours of your time. And better yet, you just changed 20 people's lives. We have 30 more minutes together, which means I do not want you leaving here without a question unanswered. So if you would like to pop in 
and come in on the screen with me and ask a question verbally. All you have to do is go down here to the reaction button that you see on the bottom of your screen, click it, and then put your hand up. Then I can see that you have a question and I can bring you on. If you don't want to come up on, this, on the screen with me, that's all right. Um, put it in the chat box. White blood cell count is normal, but the differential markers off are off. I've seen that more frequently. Yes. That's why I said at the very beginning, the white blood cell counts from five to eight, but it is not perfect. Always, always, always go back and look into the differential mark portion because most often that's going to be where it's all hidden. Okay. What's a normal charge for blood work analysis? Ooh, Steph, that's a great question. If I could tell you guys what to charge, I would. I would charge $4.95. Now, what that would include is getting them into the $4.95 price tag is going to be up to you and your following already. What I would do is I would host a free workshop just like this. I would say, hey, I'm going to teach you how to read your lipid panel. What your Use this term. What does your cholesterol really mean? If you've been told you have bad cholesterol, you need to come join me on this live workshop. So I would host a live workshop that's 45, 60 minutes, but not more than 60 minutes, where you teach them a few snippets of the lipid panel on that workshop. And then you say, just like I did, how many of you learned something? What if I helped you read all of your blood work and then you always caveat to it with, so you can. So you can actually take supplements your body needs. So the next time you go to your doctors, they can ask you, well, what did you do? Why is your cholesterol panel so good now? So you can get off the statin, okay? So lead into the, the workshop for free. That then invites them into the next opportunity. And you're saying, I, my normal, if you're new to this, you can say, it's going to be $4.95, but for the first 10 people, I'm going to give it for $2.80 or whatever the numbers you want. Here's the thing when you're pricing your, your group programs, when you're pricing your one-on-ones, when you're pricing everything you're doing, it's got to feel right to you, okay? I could tell you what to charge, but if you get like, and you, and you can't talk at $4.95 and it's very obvious to your Zoom callers, make it a lower number, okay? This is, this is fun too. This is a selling tactic that you can use. And when I say selling tactic, remember, guys, selling is service. You are serving them. And then in response to their, your service, they are getting something in return. Okay? So don't ever think about it as sales. Think about it as I'm serving others and I'm creating opportunities for them to better their life. That helpful? Val shaking her head. Good. Catherine shaking her head. Because as, as practitioners, we're like, well, we just have to help everybody. And we can't make a dime while we're doing it. That's a fat lie. <laughs> you get to help everybody and make a crap ton of money while you're doing it. Because the more money you have, the more people you can help. Poor people can't help the poor. Don't get me on this rant, but whenever you're price tagging things, make it so it feels good to you. And then this is what you want to do. When you're on a social media Facebook Live, when you're doing a workshop, when you're doing a five-day challenge, whatever it is, you're going to say something along the lines, whatever feels good to you. My team wants me to charge $1,500 for this. In fact, I know that because of the results we're going to get inside my four-week program, it's worth way more than $1,500. But I want more people to be able to do it. So it's going to be $450. So what, what that does is it puts the value out there that says, my results are bomb. I am so confident in what I do. I could price this at $1,500. But I want more people to get in it. I want to be able to help more people and change more lives. So it's going to be $450. And you come down and they're like, I'm saving $1,000 by doing it right now. Does that help, Laura? And everybody else, does that help? Okay. Um, I keep finding I want to price lower than other practitioners in the area to help people that cannot afford those. And I have helped, and I've gotten Medicare patients that I need to assist. I need to branch out somehow. 
Now, this is a great opportunity for group programs. Because now you can say, um, I still want to help those people with Medicare who are on Medicare. And I can help them in a $50 group program where I'm helping 25 people at one time still get the care that they need. But now I am not resenting it. And I'm not trading my time out for pennies. Good. Okay. All right. Is that helpful with pricing? Is that helpful with... I mean, even if you're a chiropractor or a massage therapist and you're like, I want to just... I'm burnt out. I've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, I need a different route. Guess what? You can say, I'm going to do chiropractic one day a week. Or if you're like me and you're just like, screw it. I don't want to do adjustments anymore. And go virtual. You can manipulate whatever practice you have right now into the practice that you want and go virtual with it with that blood work. That blood work is the key to your offers now. Okay, so as a chiropractor, you're like, I only do chiropractic adjustments. I'm only hands-on. Wait a second. Now I can help people virtually with their blood work. Okay. How long does it typically take to address bacterial or Epstein-Barr viral, Epstein-Barr infections? When I'm tackling infections, it's usually going to be a three-month process. So first, I'm going to do like a Vivi of, of systemic formulas, the antiviral Vivi except they're all brand new products now. So BioClear 1 and 2 would do the Vivi, the bacterial, or sorry, the viral, the bacterial, and the fungal. And I'm going to do a two to three month process depending on how their health is. If they've been sick for 10, year, 10 years, they get the full three months. If they've been sick for six months, they're only going to get two months. And then what I do is I monitor their GI tract as I'm going through that process, Okay. So if you've ever heard of CellCore and you're familiar with their process, they really talk about drainage. Well, I don't call it drainage, but it's that gut and taking care of those infections, making sure that my bowels are getting rid of the, in the process. So three-month process. What platform do you like to use for programs? Lauren, the platform I like is the one I've been using for multiple years now is Thinkific. Um, in that workshop that I did yesterday, which you have access to, we go over the technology. So we have Thinkific. There is Teachable, which I have not heard very many good things about, but you can look into it. Samcar is another one. The most popular is Kajabi. So I've been using Thinkific. It's $99 a month. I can literally run an entire virtual practice on that platform. It does credit card processing, processing as well. Teachable, Samcart, Kajabi, they all do. If I were to go back and start over again, I would probably go with Kajabi. Simply because it's more of your all-in-one system. It's got your email compartments. It's got your sales pages. You can create a sales page, which we walk you through on that workshop yesterday, how to do that. Um, inside Kajabi, you can do it in Thinkific too. So, Haley, with Cellcore, I would just do their foundational protocol. I know they're going to tout that it's all about parasites, but it tackles all of them. For the Vivi, FungDX, Bactrix, we start with two to four daily and then two caps daily by the third month. Yes, correct, Dina. And I would even have to caveat that too because they just barely changed those products to BioClear 1 and 2. And I'm still getting familiar with that protocol. Kylie, Shelly is asking about hydration. I don't know if you saw that question. In regards to, <clears throat> I didn't see it. Where was it, Kelly? Right above Lauren's question about the platform, 1.08 p.m. Shelly, can you come on and what about hydration? I mean, it's always a good thing to, to promote. I don't get into the details though in regards to hydration. I don't even get into the details in regards to food. My thing with food is by the time people get to me, they've tried every freaking diet under the sun. Oh, can you tell about hydration from blood work? Yes, you sure can. Um, let me change, let me share my screen. So your dehydration markers are these kidney markers. BUN is probably the best one. BUN creatinine ratio. Um, creatinine is a good one. All of these, these kidney markers 
are going to be your hydration statuses. I say, and it depends upon how many kidney markers and how many liver markers you have off, whether you want to tackle the detox system. But you can use these markers if you're like, you need to drink more water and actually give them a reason why you can use those markers as why. I don't know if I've ever been asked that question before. Nice work. Um, do you have a board-certified practitioner to access CellCore? You have to be a board-certified practitioner, yes. Um, Cynthia, now you do. You have to have some certification. And, they're, and they've had to crack down on it because of legal issues. But they're not the only supplement company out there. H. pylori and MS. Okay, so Patty, if you have a, an MS patient, oh, they're probably one of my favorite patients, to be honest with you. I love MS because you, you're going to do the exact same thing with them. You're going to go in and you figure out in their CBC what's triggering those autoimmune, that autoimmune, what's triggering the flares, do the exact same process with your MS patients. Um, H. pylori, there is a supplement called HPLR. It is an apex energetics supplement. I would add that to my H. pylori specifically. And then in addition to the, back, the bacterial and the fungal approach. That one will do H. pylori specifically. This is my final live event. Well, this live workshop anyways, until I get a new idea. Thank you for joining me. I'm going to stop the recording. Ready to have all of your blood work compiled in one location where you can easily read it all together? Well, go grab my book, Why Are My Labs Normal? on Amazon. Grab it, learn how to read your own labs, and take the power back in your hands because your normal blood work is loaded with answers. You just got to have the right person reading it and the right person can be you. Go grab it on Amazon. Why are my labs normal by Dr. Kylie Burton? Leave a review and we'll see you on the next episode.